Well, good morning. Who's excited to be here this morning? Come on, you make a little bit of noise. Come on, yes. You guys got to be a little bit louder than the first service. They was just like they just woke up and they didn't get an extra hour of sleep. But you guys have had plenty of sleep, plenty of coffee, and I've been preaching to an empty room for seven months. It's just so good to have several people here today. So we are so thankful that you come and join us. I also want to give for our Gracing Campus. Can we welcome our Gracing Campus? We love you guys. Man, it's been been an exciting uh, time and being to open and plan this. I'm telling you, I'm just so thankful that we are here now to be able to worship. It has been a very long time, uh, but we're so thankful that you're here to be able to see you guys. Get your Bibles. Go with me to Jonah. Uh, We're starting a new series today, and I'm going to have a few things I want to share, but I'm just going to let you know in case you need to flip to the front of your Bible like most of us do, including myself, to find that little bitty book in the Old Testament, the book of Jonah. A few things. we're trying to create a better online experience because we know several people are still uh, watching this online. And so we've shifted everything, mainly this is to our Facebook friends and families, in case you have anybody watching on Facebook. We're shifting everything from Facebook to live.betterlife.church. That is our online platform, and that's gonna be a better experience for you and your family if you choose to stay at home and, and not be part of the in-person services. That's live.betterlife.church. There, it's a great Great platform. We've been doing it since we launched the online ministry, but a lot of people are all over the place. This allows us to be able to minister you better. You can on the fly and on demand have prayer requests. So if you're watching the message and you say, hey, something came to your mind, you can right now chat, say, hey, I wanna pray. I need somebody to pray for this. You can take next steps there. So you can say, I talk about baptism. You say, hey, I need to be baptized. You can sign up right there on the spot to be baptized. Maybe you have a question about salvation or anything, We're, we can serve you better as you jump in on the live.betterlife.church. So super excited about that. Also, there's a COVID update. Some of you know, you know, a lot of our counties are turning red and, and we turn red this week. And if you're listening to this from a distance, you're like, what does that mean to be turned red? That's kind of a local thing here in Eastern Kentucky. I believe it, but could, I don't know, it could be across the country. But here for the state of Kentucky, when there's a higher case of COVID, it obviously turns red. And so we're just asking everybody, you know, when you come in here, we're going to ask you to wear your mask. We're going to do a very bad, as team members, as staff, uh, we're going to keep our mask on, except obviously if I'm preaching, I'm not going to be wearing it. But we want to do that to, to help you and to serve you. And we're going to ask all of you to do that as well, just so that we can keep our doors open, be in compliance, because we continue want to minister to your family and to the families that show up. Now, one of the questions that I get is, why now? You know, back in March, I'll never forget, I was sitting in my office and everybody, it's Thursday, it's two, it's two o'clock on a Thursday. And everybody's like, okay, we're gonna have services Sunday, we're gonna have service, we're gonna have service. And they'll look at you and like, ah, oh, I wanna have service. We mean, we can't cancel church. You know, this, you can't, can't do this. And uh, that was one of the hardest decisions ever to make. And we decided, you know what, let's, uh, uh, let's just, so we don't know what's happening, let's, let's go ahead and cancel and surely we'll be betting back Easter. Easter comes, and we're not back in worship together. Surely Mother's Day, we're gonna give the best Mother's Day. It's gonna be amazing, and nothing happens on Mother's Day. And surely we're like, okay, surely the summer, uh, no. Hey, about school starts back in August. When school starts back, we're gonna be right in the mix. We're gonna, we're gonna go right into it, and nothing happens. And so I'm sitting there praying. It's like, Lord, what should we do? You know, we wanna continue to meet. This thing keeps kind of ticking up instead of going down, and we, we wanna be back in person but we also want to practice, you know, the best we can to help people and protect people. And uh, one of my pastor friends called me and he said, hey, I texted me. He said, I just want to let you know that we saw 188 people give their life to Jesus today. 
And it was with that text right there that just the evangelist in me says, we gotta, we gotta make plans, we gotta figure out a way how to open our doors. And, and he, I talked to a lot of pastors who've already been open way before us, and here's what they're saying. He said, it's kind of surprising. People who are regular attend church, they're not showing up, regular attenders. They'll, they'll trickle in every now and then. They're kind of, kind of watching online. But the people who begin to show up now at churches are people who are hurting. They're hopeless and they're broken. Their marriage has gone sideways. Their finances have gone sideways. Now the stress of being a parent and a homeschool mother and a homeschool dad and trying to get two jobs and, and, and now everything's up and down to protect the kids. Suicide rates up, anxiety medicine, depression medicine skyrocketing. And we're seeing people going, I really don't care about everything going on. I just gotta get help. I gotta find a place where I can get help. And online is a great supplement but it doesn't take the place of the local church of, of doing community and life together. And so it's with that, we're gonna do our very best to do everything we can to remain open. We're gonna protect you in every way we can. We clean between services. We're asking all of our team members, we do temperature checks. for Everybody's serving you today. Everybody's serving you is gonna be wearing a mask, including myself when I'm not preaching. And no matter what side of the fence you found on, if you're anti-mask or all about masks, they do work, they don't work. At the end of the day, we're gonna do our very best to protect everyone we can and just to be in compliance so that we can keep our doors open so we can continue to have church and meet together. And so I, I wanted to share that with you for, so you asking why, why now is that, listen, I've always had that mindset, life is short, hell's hot, we gotta reach people and people need the gospel and we have the answer and his name is Jesus. They're looking for hope and we have the answer. That was a good place to say amen, just saying. We have the answer and his name is Jesus. So, and the third thing, real quick, before we get into the message, is that this Tuesday coming is election day. Yay! Praise the Lord, it's over. Hopefully, maybe, I don't know, we'll see. Hopefully, it, it will be over. And listen, I just wanna encourage you, you know, go and vote. I had people in my family who've served so that we would have the freedom to go and vote. I have people in my wife's family who have served so that we would have the freedom to go and vote. So they serve so we would have the freedom to stand here today and preach the gospel and we have a, the freedom to do that. And so go and vote. You know, our country is divided. Our state's probably somewhat divided. Our counties are divided. Our church could be divided on this. There's, we have, you know, Democrats attend. We have Republicans attend. And then we have people who don't even know what they are and they attend. And we're glad you're here. You just keep coming back, okay? And I said this back in August. August, a Democrat Christian and a Republican Christian should have way more in common with each other, way more in common with each other, because it's the gospel that unifies us. We are first citizens of the kingdom of God first. I talked all about that in August. If you want to talk about politics, go back and watch that series, because I talked about that. But you need to go and vote. My wife and I, we've already voted about three or four weeks ago. We pray about it, we look at it, we look at biblical you know, uh, standards as best we can, we look at which one, we go back and forth. I don't vote who puts more money in my pocket. I don't vote based on, hey, they're gonna give me a tax break, they're gonna raise my taxes, cut my taxes. That is not, uh, that is not what I look at. I look at first is like, God, what do you want? How's it, what's gonna be the best to help advance your kingdom? Because the reason why you woke up this morning and the reason why you have breath this morning, yes, God has a unique purpose for you, but specific purpose for you is continue to advance the gospel and, and to get the gospel out. And so I know you could do that either way, but you just go, vote your heart, look and see, compare it, get in God's word and pray and then go vote. And if you're one of the people who talk all the time, but you don't vote, you have nothing to say. The greatest way to say something is to vote. So go 
and vote. Okay, anyway, I'm glad I got that over with. And let's go, Jonah, let's jump into this. We're really excited to be able to provide you with this hard copy book. Our team has done a fabulous, fabulous job putting this together. It's really, really good. It's got a reading plan through Jonah. It's one of the shortest books in the whole Bible. And you can read it literally in 10 to 12 minutes, the entire book. We got a guide for you. We only have a few of these. Uh, hard copies. If you want a hard copy, you need to pick one up at both of our locations in the lobby when you leave. But there's a reading plan. It's a supplement. And the greatest way that God wants to speak to you, I'll share that with you in a moment, is in his word. This is a way to guide you to get in his word. Now, if you don't like hard copies and you're digital and you love digital, when you can text the word Jonah to our BLC text line. And our BLC text line is 606-268-9436. It'll be up on the screen at the end of it. But you just text Jonah to that and we will send you a digital copy of this book so you can print out or you can have and mark up on your iPad or whatever. You can text anything to that as well. We're gonna respond back to you, but use that as a way that we can serve you and your family. So when you hear the word Jonah, what comes to your mind? Jonah, say, what comes to your mind? A whale, a fish, something crazy, right? Something like that. And so when you think of Jonah, you think of a fish. The fish is only mentioned just a few times, just a handful of times. And then you think of Jonah, right? Jonah is this man of God, he runs, he's a prophet, he runs. But the book of Jonah is not about a fish and it's not about revival, it's not even about Jonah, it's about God. It's about how awesome God is. No matter how you was raised in Sunday school and you, you hear this story about Jonah and you find out there's a guy who gets swallowed up by a great fish. Now we don't know if it's a whale. It could be a whale, most likely, probably a whale. But the Bible doesn't say it's a whale. It just says it's a great, great fish. And what happens is a lot of people say, is that true? Come on, man. Like, is that really true? Like, can a fish swallow a dude and homeboy lives, right, for three days in the side of, of a fish's belly? Is that true? Can, is this not just a parable? Is it got an allegory? Is it really just kind of the fable to make a point? Is that really, really true? And I think about that. Think about all the miracles in the Bible. And that's one of the hardest ones to believe. What about God sitting there going, stars exist? Earth Boom. And let's just tilt you on the axis just to be in perfect symmetry that if you're a half a percent towards the sun a little bit more, everything's gonna burn up. If you're a half a percent tilt on your axis away from the sun, everything's gonna freeze. Let's just put you right perfect beautifully that could sustain life. God did that. Y'all know that, don't you? He spoke that into existence. He said, you know what? Let's just create humans. Let's make some dust bunnies and dust fly up. Boom, there he is. Like, and this is the one? What about a guy who dies and gets up out of the grave? That's a miracle. You believe that one, right? Why is it so hard then to believe that God could possibly have a guy get swallowed by a fish and survive for three days? In fact, if you really want to talk about it, Jesus mentioned Jonah by name. Jesus says, just as Jonah spent three nights and three days in the belly of the fish, the Son of Man will spend three nights and three days in the belly of the earth. So if Jesus loved the Jonah story, if Jesus believed in the Jonah story, this guy's gonna preach about the Jonah story. So here we go, we're gonna walk through this. Now, a lot of times you hear in the Bible about minor prophets, major prophets. You have Isaiah and Jeremiah, like major prophets. What's the difference between a major and a minor? A minor has nothing to do about the, the message. The minor has to do about how small the book was. When it says minor prophets, this is like a, just a handful. It's just like maybe a few chapters. It's a real small book tucked in the Old Testament. He may be a minor prophet, but boy, he has a major message for us today. So let's dive into Jonah. No pun intended there. We're gonna dive in to Jonah here, and we're gonna talk about 
His Word. So I've been waiting to say this for seven months, not to an empty room. If you're ready to get started, say, let's go. All right, here we go. Verse one. The Word of the Lord came to Jonah. Let's just stop right there. God will speak to you. God wants to speak to you. God's Word will come to you. If you would just open up your heart, God speaks to you way more than you think he does. We're just so crowded and we don't know what his voice is. But here's what I do know. God will speak to you. God will speak through his spirit with impressions. God will speak through circumstances, how he lines things up. God will speak through people into your life. God speaks through me into your life. God will speak to you through his word. The number one way that God wants to speak to you is through the Bible. It's his number one way. And people says, I just don't hear God speak to me. Well, read your Bible out loud and you'll hear him because he's the one inspired this. And he's the number one way God wants to speak to you is through his Bible. That's why we created this to go with this. It's a way to get in your Bible. Very simple, easy for you to pick up. And we're gonna go through God's word because it's the number one way that God wants to speak to you. So what did God say to Jonah? Verse two, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Like, talk to them. Like what they're doing is messed up. Preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, Nineveh is modern day Iraq. So if you're looking at a map and you see where Iraq is, that is Nineveh. That's the modern day Iraq. So if you can trace Iraq all the way back to this point right here, it's Nineveh. And the Ninevites, listen to me, they were, they were so wicked. Listen, they were so wicked in what they did to people. Like, I'm not even gonna tell you from stage how bad it was. Like it is so, it's so wicked, it's so torturous, it's so gross, I'm not even gonna tell you. You can go and look in antiquity and through Assyria, the Syrians and things that have survived, they boast and they bragged about how wicked they treated people. Like when you'd walk up to the city gates, they would have corpse and they would do things with corpse and they would have their bodies placed everywhere so that when you walked into the city, you said, you better watch out and fear us because we are wicked, wicked. And they proud themselves on being wicked. Now, everyone hated the Assyrians. Everyone hated the Ninevites. The Jews did and the Ninevites hated the Jews. And so all of a sudden here, God goes to a Hebrew boy, a Jewish boy, and says, I want you to go to that city and preach the good news. I want you to go tell them what they're doing is wrong so they will repent and they will receive my grace. But Jonah did not want to do that. Jonah did not want to see that. And so what does he do? He runs. Here's the first thing that I want you to write down if you're taking notes. Here's the first thing I want you to understand. God may ask you to do something that you do not want to do. Is that so much like God? God may ask you to do something that you do not want to do. Ever been there before? Well, they walked out on me. I'm not gonna forgive them. God tells you to forgive them. I'm not gonna forgive them. They hurt me. They wronged me. They left me here with the three kids and now I'm getting a small alimony check every single weekend. Hey, no way. I'm not gonna forgive them. They hurt me. They said bad things about me. They lied about me. They said I said things that I never said. There's a, you talk bad about me on Facebook. Oh, we go on and on and on how people treat us, right? I'm never gonna forgive that person. I have the right to hold that grudge against them. God will always ask you to do something that you do not want to do. Hey, you know what? Go invite them to church. 
I don't want to go invite them to church. They're like, they may not want to go to church. And, and I don't know if I want to go to church. And, and I don't even know what's right or wrong. And now everything's right. Maybe God said, I want you to go invite them to church. They need to go to church. I, I'm afraid. What if they say, no, I'm not an evangelist. I don't know how to share my faith. What if God asked you to go share Christ with somebody? Uh, 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 what if they asked me a question like, what happened to the dinosaurs? I have no idea what happened to the dinosaurs. And so uh, I'm just going to tell them to go to Cincinnati and visit the ark, right? I mean, that's it. They'll go to Noah's ark. He's up there. He'll tell you all about it. But we'll see, God will ask you to do stuff that you do not want to do. What if God says, hey, I want you to start getting up on Sundays and be part, and you can serve God at any kind of capacity. You can serve God being a nurse. You can serve God being a banker. You can serve God being a stay-at-home mom. You can serve God being a teacher, a pipe fitter, a boiler maker. It doesn't matter. You can serve God in your capacity. But what if God says, I want you to get up. I want you to start serving the church through the church. I can't get up on Sunday mornings. That's the only day I got off. I got to get here an extra hour early, come to some type of team rally, stay to 1230. I don't even know if I can stand it that long. I'm going to get hungry. I can't do that. I, in fact, besides that, I'm not even gifted. I don't even know how God, you can even use me. God, why? See, sometimes God's going to ask you to do something that you don't want to do. God may prompt your heart. Be generous to that person. Buy their groceries for them. Bless them. You heard that they had a need. I'm going to use you to meet their need. You're like, God, I'm broke. I, I can't even afford my own stuff. What do you mean go help somebody? See, God's word will come to you. And there will be times in your life God will ask you to do something that you do not want to do. And you're gonna have a choice. You can either run from God or you could be obedient. I give you two guesses what Jonah did. Let's see. Verse three. But Jonah ran away from God. And headed to Tarshish, he went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, listen, every time you disobey God, you're gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna pay. He had to pay for this. After paying the fare, he went abroad and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Here's the second point I wanna make. Satan will always have a boat ready for you to head in the wrong direction. Every time God wants you to do something that you don't wanna do, Satan will always have a boat ready for you to take you in the next direction, away from where God. He always wants you to take a step away from God. It's always there waiting for you to take that step away. Oh, you don't wanna do that. Come, no, 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 come and do this. This is more important. This is better. This is greater. He's always gonna be there tempting you to do something that God does this wants you to do, to take you in the wrong direction. Now, going back to the geography here, modern day Iraq, Nineveh is 500 miles away from Nineveh. Now, he ain't gonna go down there and just catch a plane and get there. He ain't gonna go and get in a minivan and take the kids and the family and go all the way to Nineveh. Dude's got to walk or ride a donkey 500 miles to go to this wicked, wicked city. You want to do that? Do you want to do it? He's like, uh-uh. He's already so far. He's like, Lord, here I am. Send somebody else because I ain't going. This is the preacher. This is the prophet. This is the man of God with God's word to go speak to them. He's like, uh-uh. I'm going to run away from God. And guess where he runs to? Tarshish. Now, why does he go there? At this point in history, Tarshish was the furthest known city to the end of the world that hasn't been explored past that part. So for him to run to Tarshish, he says, I'm going to run to the end of the earth 
to get away from God because I am not going to Nineveh, which is 2,500 miles away from where God wanted him to be. You see, a lot of times when we begin to walk away from God or step away from God or get into the boat that Satan wants us to take us away from God, it really never happens overnight. It happens gradually. Man, you know, things just got busy at home and I'm trying to homeschool and, and now I got four kids and now we got a dog, y'all. We finally crossed into the dog family. My wife, 21 years ago, we got married. She said, we're never getting a dog. Well, we watched a Disney movie back in April. We all cried and we got a dog. So you need to pray for us. I mean, pray for her. She goes, I'd rather have four more kids than this dog. I'm like, okay. <laughs> the kid's like, let's do it. Let's go, right? And I'm like, no, 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 not four more kids, right? And so, I mean, listen, like life is busy. Things are going on at work and family and trying to homeschool and virtual and then up and down to go to school this week, not this week. Back this week, oh my gosh, you're gonna watch the kids. Pastor, I just, I haven't had time really to read my Bible. I do my devotion. See, Satan's always gonna have a boat. Oh, we gotta go there. I'm gonna rush, I'm gonna hurry, I'm gonna hurry, hurry. And then what happens is, man, I just, I really haven't had time to pray. I don't even pray much. I don't even say my prayer before. I don't even bless my food anymore. I don't even, I don't even say my prayers before I go to bed. I'm just exhausted. I finally lay my head. I fall asleep before I even start to pray. And man, I mean to, I just, and then, of course, we haven't been meeting for seven months. We've been meeting. The next day, it's like, well, I just don't really have time for church. That's kind of my day off. I got to get laundry and I got to get the house straight back up. And that's kind of the day I got to rest. And hey, that's, what, that's when we hit the lake. I just, I just really don't have time to. There's always going to be a boat to take you away from where God wants you to be. And it's a gradual, gradual, slippery slope. And then one day you'll wake up and you'll be so far from God, you'll be in Tarshish. And you're like, how did I get here? How did I turn into this? What's happened? And there's always that boat to take you away from where God wants you to be. But here's the news. You can't outrun him. You can't outrun God. Some of you here today, you're trying to run from him. You can't outrun him. Some of you watching online, you're trying to run from him. You cannot outrun God. He says he ran away from the Lord and he fled from the Lord. You see, don't miss that. He ran away from God and he fled from God. Please don't miss that. It wasn't that he was running from Nineveh. It wasn't that he was running from his calling. He was running from God. He didn't have a Nineveh problem. He had a God problem. He knew that God would go to that wicked city and show grace and mercy and forgive these wicked, wicked people for doing these wicked, wicked things to Jewish people, to Hebrew people. He said, I ain't going there because I know my God will forgive them and I don't want them to receive God's mercy. I'm fleeing. And he ran from the Lord. You know, most of our problems are God problems. In fact, probably almost all of our problems. You know, your marital problems are God problems. You know, your financial problems are God problems. You know, your parenting problems are God problems. You know, a lot of our emotional problems are God's problems, whether we don't trust him or whatever it may be. Most of our problems are because of our problems with God. Not here. Because if I love God, I'll be able to love you. What's the commandments? Love God with all your heart. Hey, love your neighbor as yourself. If I have a problem with you, it's because I have a problem with him. Most of all of our problems are God problems. This was a God problem, not a Nineveh problem, not a work environment problem, not a work problem, not a paycheck problem. He had money because he paid the fare to go. This is a God problem. And it's all of a sudden, because he had a problem with God, watch this, he went down. Please don't miss that in the Bible. He goes down to Joppa, down into the boat, down into the sea, and then down into the fish's belly. See, every time you take a step away from God, every single time you disobey God, you take a step down. And the goal was never to go down, the goal was to go up. There's no in-between, there's no hot, there's no, there's no lukewarm. 
Does it, either I'm cold or I'm hot. Either I'm taking a step towards God or I'm taking a step away from God. You're not standing still. You're moving in one of those directions. And when you disobey God, you will always go down. It will always bring you down. But here's, the, here's what's so fascinating about this. Some of you here, you're trying to run from God. You're trying to hide from God. Just trying to, hey, just, ooh, just do your thing. Nobody kind of knows. But even though that Jonah tried to run from God, God never ran from him. Aren't you glad God will never forsake you nor leave you even when you turn your back on him? That's a good place to say amen. God will never leave you nor forsake you. But when you run from God, when you personally begin to run from God, here's the third point I wanna make. God may send a storm in your life to get your attention. Now, not all storms are your fault. It wasn't the sailor's fault on the boat that the storm came. I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. But when you run from God, God may send a storm in your life to get your attention. Verse four, then the Lord sent, appointed, whatever your translation may say, a great wind on the sea at such violent storm arose that the ship was threatened to break up. Who sent the storm? God did. God is in control of everything. And he sent the storm to get his attention. Actually, their attention. We'll show you this in a moment. Jonah goes down in the bow of the boat. He's falling asleep. The sailors were afraid. They were scared to death. So here's what they said. Hey, you call on your God. You call on your God. You're calling on your God. I'm going to call on my God. And let's find out what's going on. So they all are pagans. And they're praying to the little G God. God of the earth. God of the sea. God, God, God. What's wrong? What's wrong? Why are you so angry and ferocious? Why did you allow this calamity to fall upon us? But the sea doesn't stop. So you know what the sailors do? The sailors go take the cargo and they begin to throw the cargo off the boat. Get rid of the stuff off the boat. You know what the cargo is? Their paycheck. They begin to throw everything that had their resources, their money off. That's how they're going to get paid when they go to Tarsus. -uh. See, it's am isn't it amazing when your life is flashing before your eyes how the things of the world grow strangely dim. Because I promise you, when you're sitting on your deathbed someday, you're not going to say, now how much money did I have left in my checking account? Do I have enough for my 401k to pay for all this stuff? What you're going to think of, where's my family? Who do I ask to forgive me? Let me see my grandkids one more time. See, when the things, when your life is right there hanging in the balance, you don't care about your cargo. You don't care about that paycheck. And they got rid of everything because they were afraid. Their whole livelihood. And it did not fix the problem. So they go down to the bow and they wake Jonah. Wake up! You pray to your God. See what's going on here. Jonah ain't gonna pray. So the sailors who were pagan don't believe in luck. They don't believe in chance. So what they do is they cast lots. See, they, were, they, they believe in more of the sovereignty of God than most people. So they take a dice and they roll the dice. They said, all right, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Bam. Who's it gonna fall on? Who's fall? And the dice rolls around the boat and then the dice rolls this way and then the dice rolls and, and the lot falls on Jonah. See, they don't think things happen by chance. 
Your job is not by chance. You're not living in Moorhead is not by chance. Your generation is not by chance. Your skin color is not by chance. God and his sovereignty has worked everything out for you to be exactly where you are right now in this time, in this generation, right here in this building. No, I chose to get up this morning. God woke you up this morning. Nothing happens by chance. And God, and that lot falls on Jonah. And they're like, what have you done? Where are you from? You can see in verse eight, this says, where do you work? What's going on in your life? What's your God? What are you running from? It's kind of like when you're getting gas now. They want to know your kid's name, your social security number, your date of birth. I just want gas, man. Pump the gas, you know? They ask for everything. And he tells them. Look what he says. He says right here in verse nine, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord God. You see, isn't it amazing how you think you're worshiping, but you're running? I worship God. Then why are you running? Why are you running? I got my hanky out, preacher. I'm here on Sunday. Why are you running? See, isn't it amazing how we think we can worship God and run from God? You can take a step towards God, but you're running from him. See, it's the attitude of our heart. Listen to what they said. I'm a, he says, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the God of heaven who made, and don't miss this. Look what he says. Put this back up. Look what he says, verse nine. The sea and the land. <laughs> you see, boys, what you're like on right now, like this is water, my God, big G God. He's the one who created all this. He made it all. He holds the whole world in his hand. Like that, you call on your God, that's what my God does. But they said right here in verse 10, they knew he was running from the Lord. Running from the Lord. And right here in the middle of his disobedience, he is claiming to worship God. You know, people say all the time, he says, hey, you shouldn't take God's name in vain. And you think that taking God's name in vain is saying a couple words, maybe a curse word or a cuss word. Hey, that's taking God's name in vain. You know what you know, you know what it means to take God's name in vain? To take God's name in vain means to claim that you follow Jesus, but you don't act like it. That's how you take God's name in vain. When you claim you worship the one true God, but you don't act like it. When you come on Sunday and I praise God, and man, God is good, then you live like a hellion throughout the week. See, that's taking God's name in vain. When you claim to be a Christian, but you don't live like a Christian. That's what it means to take God's name in vain. Jonah is taking God's name in vain. I worship the one true God. Then why are you running in disobedience? Purposely, willfully knowing that you're doing this. And guess what happens? Verse 11 says the sea did not calm down. And in fact, it got worse and worse and rougher and rougher. And so they go to Jonah and says, okay, if your God controls all this, we got rid of all of our cargo. We're about to die. The dice landed on you, bro. How do we fix this? Ask your God. Ask him right now, how do we fix this? How do we make this go away? And listen to what Jonah says in verse 12. This is crazy, y'all. This is, this is crazy. Pick me up and throw me into the sea and it will become calm and I know that this is my fault, that this great storm has come upon you. You see, most of the time it is our fault. We reap what we sow, right? You sowed that in your marriage, you reap it. You sowed that going into all that debt because you just wanted to spend, 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 and play, play, play. You're gonna reap it. You sow those negative words that you said, you will reap it. You, you sowed that false lie and stuff, you will pay. It will come back to you. Most of the time, 
It is our fault. But I want you to know the sailors were affected by Jonah's sin. Listen to me. You never sin alone. Your sin will affect you and everyone around you. When you say, hey, I'm not doing anything, it's just me, it's, I can do what I want to, I'm not hurting nobody, pastor, it's just me, and I know I'm hurting myself, I hear people say, oh, I know it's that, no, it's affecting everybody around you. You never sin alone. Guys will say, well, listen, when I look at pornography, it's no big deal, I'm not hurting nobody, it's just, it's just me, I'm just looking, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're talking about devaluing women and your thoughts of your relationships and how you look at other people, it's gonna affect everything around you. How's oh, it's just me, nobody knows what I do in secret, nobody's paying attention, it's, I'm not hurting anybody. Hey, I just, I'm just kind of like that social drinker, but I kind of get buzzed on my own and drink at home, and I'm okay, I'm safe, somebody has the key, it's no big deal, I'm not hurting anybody. You keep telling yourself that. That's why he and she's been telling you, you better stop this, because your sin affects everyone around you. One person's sin will affect everything. And though it was not your fault, you're caught right in the middle of the storm. And the storm will come to get your attention. And then look what happens. Look what happens, this is crazy. They took Jonah and threw him overboard. One. Two, you better hold your nose. Three, and they threw him overboard and the raging sea grew calm. And at this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows to him. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. You know what's amazing back in verse 13 and 14, right before this? The sailor says, okay, God, don't hold this against us. The man told us to throw him overboard. We wipe our hands off of this. But if he says you are who you are, we're gonna do what he says. But I want you to miss this in those verses. They moved from calling on their little G God to Yahweh. Do you know there's not even a, a phonics to correctly pronounce Yahweh? In fact, Jews, practicing Jews today, will not even say the word Yahweh because they're afraid they may pronounce it not the correct way and bring irreverence to God's holy name because that's God's covenant name, Yahweh. We don't even know if that's how you phonically pronounce it. We just say Yahweh. And these pagan sailors call on Yahweh, the creator of the land and the sea, and cry out to him as they throw Jonah overboard. And then here goes Jonah sinking to the bottom, which leads me to my fourth and last point. Is that a lot of times, your worst case scenario may be exactly what you need. Your worst case scenario, whatever that may be, may be exactly, exactly what you need. 
You know what's fascinating about this moment right here is that even in the middle of Jonah's disobedience, the pagans came to know the one true God. Is that not amazing? They're all calling on their little G gods and now they call on Yahweh, all because of a runaway prophet running from God. And guess where the boat is heading? They didn't turn the boat around. They didn't go back to Joppa. They kept their course all the way to Tarshish. And at this time was the end of the earth. You're like, uh, what's the big deal about that? What the enemy meant for evil, God used it for good. The enemy says, I've got a boat heading to Tarshish. Go with the pagans. Go with the cussing sailors. Let's get out of this place and run from God. And right in the middle of a storm, a crisis, you know what God did? He made all these wild pagan sailors become missionaries heading to Tarshish. You don't think when they got off the boat at Tarshish, they didn't tell this story? Man, we all cried and he cried out to Zeus and he cried out to his God and he cried out to her, you know, their God and we cried out, nothing happened. And man, we got this guy, man, we just get, we just hand, we just threw him overboard and boom, it all stopped. And all of a sudden we made sacrifices. We called Yahweh and Yahweh came and that God came and did an awesome, great thing. But they're like, man, you've been drinking too much rum. You've been watching Pirates of the Caribbean, haven't you guys? I know, dude. That great God showed up. And they became missionaries to the ends of the earth. See, what the enemy meant for evil, God flips the script and he uses it for good. And then he appoints a fish. Don't miss that. I don't know how God appoints a fish. I don't know if God speaks fish language, maybe. I don't know. I mean, he appointed the fish to be at the right place at the right time. Here's what's fascinating. You're gonna learn this through the book of Jonah as you study it. Everybody and everything in heaven and earth obeyed God all the way through the book of Jonah except for the man of God, except for the prophet. Everyone, even the fish was more obedient than the prophet. He's like, yes, sir, you want me to swallow him? I'll swallow him. And you know what? That was God's mercy and grace for two reasons. People say the Old Testament's full of law and God is just so mean and strict. It's full of grace and mercy. God appointed the fish to swallow Jonah, one, to save his life. Think about it. Jonah would rather be dead than see Nineveh repent and God to forgive them. Throw me overboard. But God's like, you ain't gonna get off that easy, bro. And a fish swallows him, one, to keep him alive, but two, to bring him to repentance. Because sometimes it's your worst case scenario in your marriage, in your finances, in your health, parenting, keep going, whatever, that gets you to rock bottom, to finally you get your eyes off yourself and your eyes off your circumstances and your eyes up going, there's nowhere to go. I promise you, in a belly of a fish, I've not personally been there, but ain't nowhere to go.
and he gets him to the bottom and he looks up. Maybe, just maybe, your worst case scenario is exactly what you need. I'm gonna ask if you would to bow your heads. It's good to be back with you all, man. I missed you all. If you're here this morning and you're running from God, listening to this, or you're here in person, I'm glad you're here. Today, you just need to stop running because you can't outrun him. You can't run away from him. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. So stop running. Stop trying to hide. Maybe for some of you, you thought, you know, when the church opens back up, I'm gonna step back in and I'm gonna give my life to Jesus and I'm gonna jump in the life track or I'm gonna get baptized. Well, today's your day. None of us are promised tomorrow. The Bible says this, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You don't have to wait any longer. Why don't you cry out to Jesus right now and say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And I'm tired of running. I'm not gonna run anymore. And if that's you, just in a moment, host is gonna let you know. You can text our BLC text line. You need to save that number. And it's say, hey, just let you know I got saved today. We wanna send you some resources to help you in your walk with the Lord. You know, next week, we're gonna pick up on what happened to Jonah in part two. If you're here this morning, you need to start over. You wanna start, kind of start your life over. Yes, there's consequences to our decisions. There's consequences to our sin. But we can start over. If that's you, you don't want to miss next week. You can watch us online or be here in person. If you know somebody specifically in your life who keeps saying that they're hopeless, that nothing's going to, and they need to start over, man, get them here or get them the link to watch online next week. We're going to talk about how do we start over? How do we get a do-over, a mulligan, if you're a golfer, right? Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that even thousands of years later, it's still relevant, it still speaks, it still connects. God, we don't need to run no more because there's nowhere to go. Father, we pray that you will protect the seed that has been planted in our hearts your word tells us that the devil wants to come and snatch it so it does not grow. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to fertilize it. We ask you to water. We ask you to grow the seed this morning, to plant in our heart. You know how much our Heavenly Father wants to speak to us and love us and are patient with us. And though whatever the enemy used for evil, that God, you will use it for your good and for your glory. And it's with that, Lord, we thank you in advance for what you're gonna do. For it's in Jesus' name we ask and we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you, Pastor Daniel, for that message, guys. Let's give it up for our amazing pastor. He's awesome. 
Now, if today was the day that you gave your life to Jesus, we want to celebrate with you because that's super exciting and we want to be able to help you in whatever way we can. Um, if you're watching online, go ahead and text SAVE to the number on the screen. And if you're here in person, um, we would love to have a conversation with you in the Next Steps area. Go ahead and go over there. If you need a Bible, we would send that to you or give that to you, um, depending on your situation, whatever you need. But we want to resource you for that journey that you are going to have with Jesus for the rest of your life. Um, and lots of other next steps going on. We have groups going on right now, virtual and in person. Um, whatever your next step is, we would like to be able to help you with that also. Go ahead and check out the next steps area for that. Also, uh, Pastor Daniel mentioned those Jonah books that we have. Uh, we have them in the lobby if you want to pick up one physically, um, digitally available for everybody. So uh, it's first come, first serve for the physical books. So if that's something that you're interested in, go ahead and grab that in our small groups and in our watch parties. We're going to be going through the content that's in that book as we go through that series. Guys, it was great to see your faces here today. Great to be with you online if you chose that option, but we are super excited to be open right now and we will see you right here next week.